Welcome to Nuria's Mastermind. This podcast is a place where success and fulfillment meets. A space where I invite guests from all walks of life who have succeeded at a high level in a specific area. A space where we will share their champion stories, including the wins and the highs, but also the lows and the challenges, yet how their passion and consistency inspire them to keep pushing forward and creating major breakthroughs in their lives. Also sharing our why, sharing what fulfills us, because what's life about without enjoying the journey? Please subscribe, share, and rate us. My intention for all of our listeners is to be inspired into taking action to live the life that you truly desire. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nuria's Mastermind Podcast. I have a special guest today and my friend, the one and only... Drum roll, please. Doug Cartwright. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm feeling, I was just telling you before we hit the record that I'm feeling so grounded because I'm on day five of my juice cleanse. Heck yeah. I've never done a juice cleanse before. It's the first time I've ever done it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Did you buy the Vive? The Vive. Or is it Vive or Vive? You know what? I don't it's, know how to say it. It's probably Vive. I just say Vive because yeah. of yeah. like my Spanish being yeah. my first language. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing the Vive. So I pick up, did my second pickup and I get to eat. I'm eating tomorrow at two o'clock is when it ends and I can't wait. I'm so hungry. You've been four days. How many days? I started Sunday afternoon. Nice. By the way, plug in for juicing. Like it's, it's amazing. I just did my first cleanse like a few yeah. months ago. Yeah. And the, once you get through the challenges of, you know, it's a little bit painful sometimes yeah. at the beginning. And then you get through this threshold of just feeling incredible Yeah. and you're like out of bliss. I felt so I felt. grounded and so clear right so awesome yeah. it does clear up your mind so um so yes everybody doug is feeling amazing right now <laughs> and i wanted to bring you on uh to really talk about the book that you just wrote which is absolutely incredible and i feel like it's really going to make a big impact in many people's lives um, but before we get into it i want to just share with the audience a little bit of how we met and um so the honest story be oh, completely honest, transparent best policy of course of course so i met doug on a dating app mm-hmm. and we went out it happened to be his birthday 30, it was a week 32nd birthday yeah 32nd birthday and then after that was funny because i just kept running into you in all of these events yeah. of yeah. mutual friends we have so we realized we would have met each other regardless but what was super um, impressive for me meeting you that first time was like you were a very rare breed mm. and you were someone like someone very different I felt you were very special and we definitely had this like soul contract connection that's how I felt like yeah. you were soul family to me and I still feel that way yeah, same. and so I'm like this guy is up to something just the way that you thought that your belief system is definitely not something that you run across every day And so I was fascinated by the depth of conversation we could go into, which I love how you were able to even have that in your book. Like I I texted you after I got done reading it and I was just so impressed that you were able to deliver the same type of like depth of conversation I had with, with you with the world. And I felt like, although some people might not, maybe it might be a little like too much much, or out there. It was like, I was so proud that you just stay true to yourself. And I'm like, that's so amazing. He, that's how he shows up. And so it inspired me to 
perhaps be even more vulnerable sometimes, you know? Thank you. And so, yeah. Yeah, that, that was the goal. The goal of the writing the book was to share these deep spiritual truths in a simplistic manner that came across easy to read. And I wanted the book to be approachable because yeah. in my experience, you know, I've done some deep rabbit hole woo-woo stuff and some of it's really weird. And like when you get into this weird mysticism and esoteric stuff, it can get really intense. And people write these really complex books that you have to like read two or three pages over and over again and digest them. And it just wasn't my vibe. And so I'm like, how can I reiterate these messages in a way that anyone could read? And it seems like it came across that way to you. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was really great. Um, so before we start going through some of the stuff that you shared in the book, I'd love to hear the before story, like what inspired you to know that this is a, something you had to share with the world, because obviously you nailed it because your book is doing so amazing. Yeah. Can we talk seller. about that for yeah. a minute? Yeah. So number I, one I, bestseller on Amazon, right? Yep. Number one bestseller. And, um, my publisher reached out to me and said that we hit our goal for the entire year in the first five days. So for first time authors without an audience, because sometimes if you're like a celebrity or whatnot, you do a first time book as well. But for first time authors, nonfiction um, with no audience, which I'm not, I don't, um, I'm in like the half of one percentile in book release sales. So that's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. So obviously you followed your intuition, just something that was important yeah. and obviously needed, yeah. but tell me about that experience. So I always tell people, I still have no idea how to launch a book. Like, I don't know how this book came to be. It was, it was very, I remember it was last summer, summer 2020, which was very intense energetically, just like what was going on on earth with social justice and inequality and the election and COVID and there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. And I remember in my meditation practice, um, feeling it, feeling like it was time. I'm like, oh, I have to do a book. I didn't want to do a book. I'm not a writer. Like I'm not yeah. by any means, I'm not a writer. I've had some incredible experiences that I shared in my book. And one thing that I did well is I took a lot of really good notes. And so I had a lot of good notes and a reference points, reference points and cool takeaways and ideas that I wanted to share. And I knew this book was, was it more of a journal type of, yeah, some, some, some notes on my phone, some journal, I have pretty good journal practice. And so it was like a combination. I knew I had a lot of like puzzle pieces, mm -hmm. but I needed help putting the puzzle pieces together. Um, and just per the universe coincidences, I met a group of people that were able to help me with the book as far as like having like a project manager on the book, someone who helped me organize my thoughts and a, someone who would help me with, you know, title naming it and, you know, helping me with the cover art and like getting distribution set up and like all these pieces kind of fell into my lap. And I always tell people doing this book is the hardest thing I've ever done, but it was so smooth. Mm -hmm. There was no resistance. There was never a point of like struggle or frustration, or I felt like fear. I didn't want to release it or hesitation. And like it all just naturally came together after I put in the work. So still to this day, I'm like, I don't even know how this thing came to life. It kind of just came to life on its own. It's like the surrender experiment. Literally. The surrender uh, Michael experiment. Singer, I know you're a big fan. You talk about yeah. it in the book and so am I. And it sounds like it was a similar experience. Totally. Like you. I very much was like, I'm going to surrender to the flow of life here and let this book come to life. And it did. And That's so it was awesome. such a testament to me and reaffirmed like my belief in the flow of life. I'm like, I can't believe, like I literally look at my book sometimes. I'm like, 
how in the hell did I do that? Because that just, it just happened. That's so beautiful. Yeah. So you get, you get inspired. You're not sure how to do it, but that's actually what works. It's like, yeah. you have this vision of something, your heart's in it. Yeah. And then the how is the last thing. Yeah, it right? just happens. Like yeah. you, we get so caught up in the how of life, you know. Whether, and it paralyzes people. Yeah, you see the magnitude of the mountain. Yeah. You want to get to the top and you see the magnitude. And so you don't move because it's like, I don't even know where to start and it's overwhelming. And so I always say, you know, movement is life. And I talk about that in the book where it's like, you have to just take the next step. You can't piece it all together. You can't plan out your whole life. I mean, the example is if we tried to plan out our whole lives a year ago, what our next year is going to look like, we would have been around, you know, yeah. like I love people I'm like, Oh, I have a five-year plan. I'm like, great. Throw it away. Cause it's not, that's not what's going to happen. And, that's funny because i always am yeah. asking people like tell me what you where you envision yourself yeah. in five years yeah. but it's more from that like envisioning sure. standpoint of what would you like yeah. to create in this life but it's funny because especially i mean a lot of my audience they're they're different people but a lot of them are within the real estate yeah. industry yeah. and so um it's very much of what you experienced because you were the top sales rep of your company of that like high goals and setting them and five-year yeah. plan and and I can tell you, like, I definitely have a business plan, but there's no way I could have a five-year business plan because every month almost it's shifting so much, you know? And so it's like, I'll have a one-year plan and then it still changes. The so phrase I love vision, is, yeah, but... the phrase I love is big goals held loosely, right? Because if yeah. we get attached to it, looking a specific way, right? That's when we suffer. That's when we resist. That's when there's pain and, you know, frustration mm -hmm. but it's like i'm full like hey I, this is the direction i want to go i'm going to start moving in the, that, that direction but i also know my life and people are going to come in my life and things are going to change and the economy is going to change and you know th things are going to happen so i'm willing to adjust my sales and so i say just get to the next set point just get to the next step and the law of allowance right yeah. it's like not being attached to the outcome yeah. having having that vision and then letting it letting, be letting but it that's harder said than done super sometimes. hard super hard um, and I'd like to get into a big part of it, which, uh, of your story that's told in this book. And because I love how you presented this and you talked about your, you know, your lowest point in life, mm -hmm. you had all the things you had all the money, you had all the girls, you had all the materialistic items and trips and first, your first row seats at all the sporting events. Yeah. And you were so miserable yeah. because you were living this life where you weren't true to. And I think that I love how you talk about living that and then coming back from a place of like, you're, you usually get depressed and I've, and I haven't been in like that deep mm -hmm. rock bottom, but I, I understand that it's the blueprint that you think in your head, yeah. your life should have looked like, and it's not looking that way. And it seems like from the surface, you had it all and you were experiencing it all, but it didn't match your blueprint. No. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was living the life I thought I was supposed to be living. Right. That's what it was. And I made a bunch of money in my early twenties and I bought cars and trips and sporting events. And really the core issue, I was trying to solve an internal problem which was, I felt like I wasn't enough. Um, I was trying to solve that with something external. 
and you can't solve an internal problem externally. And I hit the peak where it's like, I'm, you know, I've done, you know, I have the hundred thousand dollar car. I've had the trips. I'm at the sporting events. I'm dating the runner up to Miss USA. Like given where I'm at as a whole, people would say I'm living a really, really great life. And I'm here, you know, and I'm not feeling it. I'm, I'm, and that's when it was, it was actually a scary time in my life. Cause it's like, I don't know where else to go. Like, what, what do I do now? Like I have car, money, trips, experiences, like, like what, what, what else is there? Like, is there a piece of life that I was missing out on? And I remember along my journeys, cause I'm staying at nice hotels and I'm sitting first class and I'd bump into people that, you know, had a lot of human wealth, not just financial wealth, but wealth in their relationships. And they were like vibrant energy. And I'm, I'm sure you've met those people that like radiate success. Yeah. Like they're magnets and they're happy and they're optimistic and they're glowing and they're doing well financially and they have good business. And it's just like, you want to be a healthy relationship. Like yeah. Yeah. You've run into people like that and they're just like magnets. And I remember bumping into people along my journey. And I remember thinking like, they're in on a secret. Like, what do they know that I don't? Cause I've done everything that I was supposed to. I've done my mm-hmm. to-do list. I still don't feel that way. And so I'm like, what do you know that I don't? And so it was actually a really scary part of my life. Not, I mean, not scary in a sense, but just like, I was just a lost boy. You know, I was a lost boy trying to solve, like I said, an internal problem externally. And it wasn't until later in my later twenties, when I decided to take a different path that I realized that this true secret, my, my, my opinion, the true secret to life really is centered in self-love. Yeah. Right. And when you truly, and I get, now it sounds corny, right? And there's real estate people listening to this that are like, go get her. It's like, oh, self-love's corny. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I was, a, I was a bro, sales bro too, I get it. So, <laughs> um, but, but self-love truly is a superpower because what happens is we all, there's so many times we, we need external validation. We need the hot girl to be on our arm or we need the car to show off to people or I need to make enough money to show people. And really what you're seeking is validation. You're telling people, you're you're wanting people to tell you you're good enough. Yeah. And when you really, really learn to feel that way inside where you feel enough internally and you do the work yourself, that you fill that void yourself, then you no longer need anyone's validation. You don't need mom's approval. You don't need dad's approval. You don't need coworkers approval. You always want it. Wanting validation will always look good. But if you don't need it, that then gives you the permission to be your truest, most authentic, weird, natural self and express your truest gifts in the world because it doesn't matter how it lands. And what's, what's interesting about that is when you're your true, most authentic, natural self, you actually get more of what you want. And it's like this weird, like fine line. And so I think the true secret to life is really like learning to love yourself at your core because it you know removes the shackles that you've been carrying around your whole life. Yeah. I'm sitting in that. (laughs) That's so good. Um, Self-love work. I've done quite a bit of it. And um, it's interesting how it's, it's like easier. It's easier like for you to look at people outside and you're like, Oh, person's so confident in all the things. Um, And I would say that confidence is one thing, but real self-love and I don't know if you've ever heard of mirror work where you like are looking at yourself in the mirror in the eyes and like telling yourself you love yourself and you know I've said I say my affirmations in front of the mirror and now it's like I really feel it the first time I ever did that I was just in tears you know because it was like 
yeah, just seeking some validation from, and everything stems from like our childhood, the way we grew up, um, wherever we felt we needed the most love from whichever parent, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like, for me, I was always seeking to feel good enough to be loved by my dad. And the way I was able to feel loved by my dad was to be really good or almost perfect. Yeah. Right. And so it was like when it dawned on me, when I did that first exercise, like six years ago, I'm like, I'm still showing up that way. Damn it. You know? And then, um, and what's interesting too, is usually, and not, not saying something you, I don't know, but usually the love we crave from one of our parents, whether it's our mom or our dad. So in your situation is your dad, you then crave that same validation in a romantic partner from the masculine. And so I usually see a lot of similarities between dad and future husband or boyfriend. And for men, sometimes if it's their mom, they seek for that same validation and approval in women. That is crazy. Yeah. I know it's, it's also like fascinating, but, um, yeah. So the self-love that I, I love that you touch on that. Cause it's really yeah. so true. Like when you get, when you get to, but it's consistent work, I feel, don't you agree? Yeah, I, the mantra I use is I love this version of me. Mm-hmm. I'm a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. Yes. Right. It's learning to love where you're at in your journey. Like, yeah. and you never, and, and it's knowing you're you never get to the finish line. There's always something to work on. Like it's an infinite game. And for sure, there's, there's a couple of really big voids in our life that we need to deal with some stories that are holding us back. And once you kind of knock out the first big, there's a couple of, usually people have two or three big ones of why they think they're not enough. And once you heal those and get those big roadblocks out of the way, then it's just kind of just maintenance from here on out, you know, and you never get to a place where you're like, infinitely 10 out of 10, 100% <laughs> totally. self-love. Yeah, you can get to a really high level. And one thing that I realized that was so astonishing to me is after I went and did all my self-work was I started feeling a level of happiness and joy and contentment for my life where if I were to take a scale of one to 10, that was like a seven, eight, and nine. And I had never felt that before because I was so used to being at a four, five, and six. And because I got so used to feeling at a five, six happiness, I thought that was the top. And so I didn't even know there was another layer wow. of, of love and excitement and happiness and joy and enriching life experiences because I'd never experienced it. And then when I broke through into these levels, it was literally like title of my book, holy shit, we're alive. Like what? This is incredible. Like how have I not felt this way in 15, 20 years? And so that's a, a, a beautiful, um, you know, a beautiful reward for doing self-love work is that there's another yeah. level you're not aware of. And so that's a really yeah. fun place to get to. That's so powerful. My, one of my coaches actually told me to like, how can ask yourself better questions and you'll have better answers, right? So how can, like, what else is out there? How much more love is there available for you, yeah. for yourself, as well as in other people or for other people? And it was just that question that really stuck with me. And there's so much, I just feel like there's always more, you know? So like you got to level seven and perhaps you've gotten to even higher and higher levels and there's probably higher ones. Yeah. There's infinite. I mean, if we want to get really down the rabbit hole, I believe there's infinite levels and infinite dimensions spiritually, you know, literally, I mean, we live on a tiny rock orbiting a star hurling through infinity and no one knows what's going on. So, and I love how you started that with the book of like, you realize that we're a speck of stardust, you know, like 
Yeah. And um, when you look at it from that point, it's like your problems are just really nothing. Yeah. Compared to the big, massive universe. Everyone's problem isn't what's actually happening in the outside world. The problem people have is the, the relationship they have with their mind. That's, That's the true problem. Yeah. And your definition of what, how life is supposed to be yeah. and how things should be rather than letting things be the way they are. And everyone, you know, when you want, you don't want peace of mind, you want peace from mind, right? Everything you do in life, you think about how is this going to make me feel, right? Why do you think you need the vacation in Hawaii, right? So, I can, so I can get away from my mind, right? Yeah. Everyone's trying to get away from this constant angst and restlessness in their mind. And there's nothing wrong with the world. I think it's, it's the, I mean, it doesn't mean it's not morally right or ethically right or what you want to be right or what you think should be right, but there's nothing wrong with going on. It's the natural occurrence of all the inputs of 13.8 billion years. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happened. And it's perfect in that sense. There's and the so, light and the dark, the yin and the yang. Yeah. And thing. it's, and it's the issue you have isn't what's actually happening. It's your, what you believe to think is the right thing or a different thing that you think should be happening. And so, and you wanting to controlling, control yeah. it or change it. It's not the way you think it's supposed to, Yeah, you know? And so it's really the real relationship you have with, with, you know, the, the war you're at with the world, you're not at war with the world, you're at war with your mind. Because if you felt complete contentment, peace, joy, love, enthusiasm, happiness, all the time in your mind, it would not matter what's going on externally. Yeah, I feel like that's the mastery of life, right? Yeah. yeah. Being able to keep yourself in that high state, no yeah. matter what is happening around you. So it's always your reaction. Yeah, you don't want the thing. You want the feeling yeah. you think the thing will bring. Yeah. You want the experience to think it'll bring, how it'll make you feel inside, right? That's what it all goes down to. You know, you don't want the red Corvette. You want the feeling of driving the red Corvette on the Pacific Coast Highway with the top down, with the wind in your hair, listening to your favorite music, with the love of your life during the sunset. That's what you want. You don't want the car. <laughs> That's so good. What a great yeah. explanation for all the real estate people uh -huh. out there. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But on that note, that's not wrong to want it. Oh yeah, isn't good it's or bad. fun. It's and not good or bad. Yes. I would say get yourself right first, then go get whatever you want. Yes. Right. Don't try and use a car or relationship or money to make, to make you, you feel, feel better. Make you feel better. Yeah. And that's similar to my outlook on it. It's like all those things are fun. Yeah. You know, and I have big dreams and I want big things, whatever. I'm not necessarily attached to them, but yeah. all that stuff is fun yeah. and it Nothing makes your life, you know, but yeah. um don't yeah, use it to fix you yes mm -hmm. because you you did that i mean yeah, you so. talk about in your book you were you were so young you became a millionaire legit when you were 24 24 24 years old doug becomes a millionaire and i mean i don't think any many 24 year olds would know how to handle a million dollars do you know what i mean and i'm one of them <laughs> put me in that list and so put me in that category <laughs> so you blow your money i blew it what yeah. did you blow your money on just in 2000 13, I spent $150,000 on sporting event tickets. So there's one, that's one category. Okay. 150K sporting event, not, not flights and hotels and cars and food and dinner. It just, just tickets. Yeah. Okay. The cost of tickets was 150 grand. 
So that'll give you an idea when you add in travel and, you know, where I was living and cars and dates and food and, you know, go travel. And I, and of course, any flat I went, I'm sitting first class. Yeah. Whether we're going to, you know, cross the world or whatever. I mean, so it's just, everything was extra. I love how you talk about your, you know, going to these amazing events and you're surrounding yourself with some amazing people. Yeah. And instead of you being present with this person that probably had a lot to offer, you're so concerned about, oh, I need to post this on my social media to get all the likes and all the validation, external validation um, out of this experience. And how now, like Doug, now you would probably, you know, you definitely would show up in a completely different way. Maybe this comes across as boasting or whatnot, but I had a moment, a a good full circle moment. It's just, it was, I was proud of the work I've done where, I just last week, I got invited to go on a really special trip with friends down to Lake Powell. And then, you know, we took a private jet to, you know, stay at the Las Vegas and we sat, you know, literally VIP front row for a football game. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful experience. And I got home and I was like journaling about it. And then I realized, I'm like, I didn't post a single post about any of that. Like yeah. I flew on a private jet and stayed on the multi-million dollar houseboat with a private chef and the masseuses on boat. And, you know, I mean, I'm really lucky to have really, really wealthy friends. You know, I was, I, got, I was lucky to be tagged along in this group. Um, and then we sat, you know, VIP courtside at the football game, which was like my dream. I didn't post a single time. I'm like, oh, wow. I was so present on that trip. And I made really cool connections and I met cool people on the trip that'll be friends. And I was aware and present and just the differences of how I used to be. Yeah. And so it was really cool to kind of have that circle moment for myself. I was proud of myself for that. Yeah. You're yeah. like, uh, like your enriching. new version yeah. for sure. It was much more enriching. I think I, it was Jay Shetty who said, um, a quote just recently of whoever's living their best life is not posting it on social media yeah. or something They're like not. that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Um, but okay. So let's talk a little more about your book. So you become a millionaire below your money. Yep. You're 24 you have this moment of a complete breakdown, obviously that has, it becomes a, the biggest change of your life where you start seeking for more. Yep. So you leave the job that you were known as the king, the king, the king, uh, cause you were the top sales rep of this mm-hmm. company. And so you decide to leave mm-hmm. and start in this whole soul, soul searching journey, yeah. asking yourself really deep questions and really doing a lot of different. I mean, I love how you, you name, name all the I things. Label them the book. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to find sense of the world. I was trying to make sense of the world in our experience. And this happened when I was 27. So, you know, 21 to 27, I was the king. Right. And so, and that wasn't working. That wasn't that I would, that wasn't solving the internal problem. And so I was like, you know, I got to go try something else. And so I went down the world of woo woo and you name it, I did it. So yoga, Mm -hmm. meditation, breath work, cryotherapy, every psychedelic ceremony you can think of in the sun, working with shamans from Peru and, and which sounds absolutely insane, which I never thought that'd be something me like to me, that was so scary. And like, that would never do that. And so I dove into that and worked with psychologists and uh, neurotherapists and spiritual gurus. And I had at one point in my life, I had was seeing three therapists a week. Um, I was trying to just trying to be okay inside is really what I was trying to do. And, you know, even the really, really weird stuff. And if it works for you, great. I'm not bashing it, but like astrology and Reiki and psychics and tarot cards, for me, that stuff doesn't really hit. 
I'm not saying it's not, but like some people, that's the way they connect to source. And so great, I'm all for that. Um, and yeah, it was basically, it took like a little two year mini retirement on my life, press pause and down the rabbit hole we went. And I literally have a red, white rabbit tattoo on my shoulder to remember like, hey, remember the work you put in, remember the journey you went on. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're diving deep into this journey to one, heal yourself. Cause yeah. obviously you did all the, I didn't know that I was healing myself. Mm. I didn't, so it was I didn't just, know. You were just seeking for more. I just want, I wanted my, I wanted to feel okay inside. Yeah. And you I was were so anxious. You were committed. That's commitment. Yeah. Well, it means my whole life on the line, right? I yeah. have a choice. I feel like it's funny. Cause when I went, when I started getting in dabbling into these things, I remember thinking like, I have to do this because I don't have a choice because it's my whole life that's on the line. Wow. Like, I don't want to continue living the life I was living. Yeah. Because I got everything I thought I was supposed to know was miserable. So it's like this, this better freaking work because. Yeah. And I mean, you go from a point of, and you know, you mentioned in the book, which is always heartbreaking to hear when someone's like, you were even considered like killing yourself and yeah. running in front of a car in 2018 was the first time I had suicidal thoughts um along my journey I met this girl named Lauren I talked about her in the book we had like the most beautiful deep enriching soul cosmic connection of, like I've ever experienced still to this day and we gave we quickly became a uh, stepped into a romantic relationship and I was like, oh my gosh, I found the one, like, this is it. We're going to have happily ever after. And then shortly after she left the relationship and it was soul crushing to me. So I was in this, the middle of like this storm of trying to heal myself. And I left the religion I was raised in. And I was finally dealing with the trauma of my dad dying. And then my girlfriend leaves me and I was really unfilling my job. And it was just like the weight of the world was just smashing me. And in 2018, I had suicidal thoughts. I never acted on it. But I remember the first time I had that thought, I remember I felt shame. So I'm like, oh, why am I so weak? Like I'm having suicidal, that's so weak of me. I need to man up. I need to toughen up. Like, why am I having these thoughts? That's so, so weak of me is the word I keep using. But, um, and that's really sad. I mean, looking back at myself, I have so much more compassion for that version of myself. And that's when I got professional help. And that was a really hard thing for me to do was to like reach out to a professional therapist um, because there was shame and guilt around that, that I was like a soft and I wasn't mm -hmm. man enough. But I mean, it, it saved my life, you know, it really yeah. did. And so I just want to put a quick plug in the middle of this podcast yeah. for if you are in that spot, you know, I've lost family members, best friends to suicide and getting professional help is not weak. And I think everyone whether you think your life is going great or not, I think everyone should always have a therapist. I always have a therapist. I always say the time you need a therapist, it's too late, mm. right? You should always have a place, a safe place you can talk to, you know, it's not weak and it's actually immensely improved the quality of my life. And so I, I, I feel very comfortable talking about suicide. I've, I've, I've dealt with it closely and I've been there and I think it's, it's in a conversation we need to have more of. I fully agree. Yeah. You know? We, uh, I've had some, you know, I've lost some people as well. And we actually just recently in our real estate community lost somebody literally like three days ago. So our community is really feeling yeah. that major loss and grief. And um, so thanks for being open and vulnerable and sharing yeah. that part of you. And just- it's, how, a, it's okay not to be okay. okay. Yeah. It's okay. 
Yeah. And at one point, I promise you, at one point in everyone's life, they're not okay. Yeah. That happens to everyone. And you're not alone. And you have support and you have help and you've got resources. And what you're going through is valid. And you're not lesser of a human or weak for, for feeling that way. And so, you know, reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. That's beautiful. Fully endorse that. Yeah. And Okay. So then you go through this spiritual journey and meanwhile, without being intentional about it, a lot of healing through the process. Yeah. And then what came on the other side of it? I mean, obviously this whole new version of Doug and your true self, but can you share with us maybe some of your most impactful, like profound moments that happened for you? Once I realized I was doing self-love work, when I actually had like the aha moment, like, Oh, wait, I don't love myself. That's why I'm trying to fix everything. I'm trying to get everything to look a certain way and trying to get all these external things to make me feel okay. And I'm like, oh, I got work to do. And then I went to work. Um, And I'm really proud of the work I've done. And the aha moment for me was when I realized, when, when I learned to love myself, and like I said, it's always a constant, but when I really got those big roadblocks out of the way, life switched from a problem that I need to solve to a beautiful experience to be had. So I was always trying to solve the problem. I need to make more money. I need to get more sales. I need to get this girl. I need to give it a car. And always just like, how do I fix everything? How do I solve the problem of life? And when I learned to love myself, I'm like, oh, wow, I am like an incredible, beautiful being on this planet that gets to have the human experience. How can I embrace that more? And I never, is that, is that how you needed to show up when you were young to feel loved that you needed to fix what was wrong? Yeah. And I think I just learned that from my dad, right? He was very much like fixer, not, you know, he was just, he had an, he made a list. This is what we're going to do. Follow through like, you know, mm-hmm. and I learned that way of, through validation too, growing up where it's like, okay, I'm, I have a, I have a strong mind and I can solve problems with my mind and I can get things to be the way I want or what I thought, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but on a deeper level, I realized, and I never in a million years thought I'd be saying this sentence on a podcast, but that I am a spiritual being having a human experience. I'm a spiritual being first. At my core, I'm a deeply rooted spiritual soul connected to the universe. And I'm in a human body temporarily. And yeah. whether that's true or not, I don't know. You know, I'm, I don't it's know. true for you. True for me, sure. Yeah. It, it enhances the quality of my current life. Yeah, And so because of that, it's true to me. I'm not here to say what's right, what's wrong, what happens when we die. But um, I, have no I, share, clue. I share the same belief. Yeah, I have no clue. But when I tapped into that, it dramatically, like everything about my life became different. It was slower. I was more engaged. It was like, it was almost like I was seeing 2D and then like life turned 3D and I could see the depth of life and I was able to savor mm-hmm. it at a, at a deeper level. That's beautiful. And I mean, before we started, the, the recording today, I even asked you, like, you know, with all this excitement around your book becoming the number one bestseller, you've had just so much more than what you probably were thinking come out of it. And I asked you, I'm like, has it put you back in the spot of like running that or chasing the rat race or whatever? And why don't you share what your answer was? Because I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah, I think, you know, People have kind of asked me that along the way. What's it feel like to be a number one bestseller? And A, it feels normal. <laughs> hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. You know, yeah. I kind of was, I, I, I felt the magnitude and depth of this book. 
uh, I knew it was going to be big. And so I'm, I mean, sure. It's cool. I didn't have any expectations on it, but it's like, it's cool to see this, but it's kind of this first time in my life. I'm really respecting and enjoying the pause. I've always had a big project I'm tackling, whether it's my old company or doing healing work or starting my brand of the daily shifts or doing my book. I've always kind of had like this big mountain to climb. And I don't know what's next. I know there will be another one in my future. But right now I'm really enjoying savoring launching a book. Because that's a big milestone in my life. And so instead yeah, of trying to rush, huge. instead of trying to rush to the next thing, it's like, cool, I'm gonna sit on this mountain for a little bit, pop out my you know, my recliner and just kind of embrace and just breathe and, and take it all in. So I love it. That's yeah. so beautiful. And I remember you told me you were writing a book, you know, when we originally met and I was thinking, oh, cool. Like, that's amazing. And, um, I've had some friends write books, you know, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. And sometimes they're like, not this, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm holding one of, uh, one of Doug's books right here. Um, it's called Holy shit. We're alive. Yeah. And, but when I went to your launch party and I saw the book, I'm like, he really did it. Like, this is, this is a real it's a book. book. It's, it's a book. not, uh, it's not like an ebook printed type of thing. Yeah, Do you know no, what I mean? Like, book. so I'm just, I, I'm super impressed that you were able to be so vulnerable and open mm -hmm. and sharing such important pieces of your life that, so many people will be touched by and let's talk let's talk a little bit about Casey Baugh so he's a mentor someone that has some of your same beliefs and is asking you hey are you doing okay you know he's seeing this transformation of this the king he knows yeah, yeah. and literally watching you transform before his eyes so he's checking in on you and you're able to express how you feel what you're going through and he just like is so welcoming and like yeah i loved that response in him do you know what i mean like yeah. not everyone he reached out because he was concerned right mm -hmm. initially yeah. when i was going for my transformation and we were able to spend some time traveling across the midwest visiting some of these sales teams and i was able just to break it down for him and you know we had hours and hours in the car and um, I just shared with him my experiences and he got it. Like he figured, he's like, oh, okay. You're not like off the deep end. You've got yeah. this healing work to do. And that meant a lot to me because it was like this mentor that was really important to my life. And I, I was concerned that me changing my lifestyle was going to affect our relationship. Yeah. And when he told me, he was like, Hey man, I love you. And I support you. You know, sounds like you're doing something really important for your life. And that was really empowering to me. And it almost in a sense, like gave me permission to keep going. Cause there's a part of me that's like, how deep do I want to go down this rabbit hole in a sense? And as, as a word, is it going to cost me my, my friendships and my mentorships? And so it didn't. And so, you know, Casey is the epitome of success to me because not only is he financially wealthy, but his relationships are deep. He's an amazing friend. He has a beautiful family. He has a beautiful wife. He's intelligent. He's a smart investor. He's a loyal friend. And so, you know, and he has a huge heart big the biggest heart right that's real love to yeah, me yeah. you know and i know that within uh the real you know christian community uh, more specifically the lds community sometimes when people leave um that can be quite the opposite impact yeah. and you know when you've grown up in a certain community and that's been your identity yeah. and that's where you have had that's the place where you belong you decide to leave and then you're cut off that that's so traumatizing yeah. you know and so hard 
And so the fact that you're receiving this just loving, supporting response from yeah, someone that you really looked up to yeah, is so beautiful. Yeah. So big shout out to Casey because we love him and both have high respect for him. We do. Um, so you transform your life and now here you are spreading the word of what worked for you perhaps inspiring some people to do some of the work. And I love how you say in the book, like it doesn't have to look like exactly my experience, and right? It won't, it won't look like mine. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, you don't have to go through these specific yeah. things. But what I love, really the message that I love in your book is do the work, ask yourself good questions and what do you really believe in? Yeah. And what's true for you and how your life can be completely transformed by being yourself. Like, I love how you said that at the beginning is the more you can be yourself, the more you attract. Yeah. And actually I feel like the more we're able to be ourselves, the more in the flow we are, the more all of a sudden you have people that are like, Oh, I'll help you publish your book. Oh, yeah. I'll help you do this. Yeah. That's being in the flow of life because you're being your true self and what your gift is in this world. This is really, this is a weird thing. Another thing you say, but I had, when I was in like my woo-woo world and trying everything out. I had a psychic tell me. I don't see psychics anymore. I'm not really into it. But um, one time a psychic <laughs> did say something to me that didn't resonate. And she said to me, she said, it feels like to me that your purpose here on earth is to help remind people why they're here. And to me, that means that to me, that is to have a deep, enriching, fulfilling, expansive human experience, whatever that means to you. But for that to happen, you have to remove the stories and the roadblocks that are holding you back. And so that's what I'm hoping to inspire people in this book where it's like, hey, if you go in and do the work and deal with the stories of why you think something's wrong with you or why you're unlovable or why you're not enough, if you can go in and learn that self-love, mm -hmm. then you can step out into a really deep, full, enriching, exciting human experience. And so that's kind of the overall message and the intention of the, the whole book. I love it. And I mean, I know what you're doing now, but why don't you share with our audience what you're doing nowadays? You're like, you know, becoming yeah. a public speaker. You're sharing more of this message and you're coaching. Yeah. The coaching business. I didn't even, wasn't planning on starting a coaching business and it just kind of happened. I said, yeah. people just being like, Hey, I'm looking for mentorship. And I'm like, okay, you know, it kind of just happened. And now I'm, I'm fully booked. I've got 33 private clients right now. I actually don't have capacity. Actually, I will have capacity in like two weeks, but as some graduate the program, but coaching, speaking, group coaching, I'll do retreats eventually. The public speaking tour will pick back up, you know, the blog, the newsletter. It's all under the umbrella of the daily shifts, the dailyshifts.com. The daily shifts is a, you know, it's a personal development platform based in mindfulness and a lot of these teachings. And we have an app in the app store too. So. That's awesome. And actually the daily shifts was born before this book daily and everything. Before the book, yeah. Yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit more. I know you touched on it, but I think it's an important piece of this. So the daily shifts is a platform for self-development, mm -hmm. but in the mindful space, what else can we find in there? Yeah. So there's an online course that I do. Okay. So it's kind of like the 10 steps to maximize your human experience. We diagnose your story, help you to rewrite your story find out who you truly are, set healthy habits, set goals. So it's kind of like the whole person paradigm as well. Um, my weekly blog comes out with my newsletter, the app in the app store. And then we, we try and be a, a, a genuine, helpful Instagram page as well. Well, posting 
motivational, helpful. Yeah, I, I follow you guys should follow it. I Thank love you. seeing the quotes daily. They're amazing. Yeah. And um, so, so coaching, you're booked, the but there may be a couple of openings. So if people want to reach out to you, how do they yeah. get a hold of you? So at Doug underscore Doug underscore Cartwright, I'm most active on Instagram and I respond to every DM too. So if you, awesome. if you've got something going on or you need help or a question about the book, hit me up on Instagram. I'm the most active there. And how do people get your book? Because if it's one, number one bestseller, obviously people need to read it. You guys, it's amazing. Amazon. So amazon.com. Holy shit. We're alive. And got <laughs> I the, love the title. If you've got the prime. It'll be there tomorrow. Awesome. So. And it's also an audible, right? It is on audible as well. Uh, aud- audible. audible. Yeah. And, and Apple audiobook store and on audible. Nice. Yeah. So if you don't want to get the actual book, cause you're too busy, whatever you can hear it, you can yeah. listen to it. And um, thanks so much for coming by and sharing this piece of art that you've just been able to gift the world. I was telling people my, my book launch party was like my wedding. It was like, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I was going through all of the little spots and, you know, and I loved the activities that were there and the DJ and you had so many people show up for you, Thank you you know, and you actually had a card reader. But I, I couldn't get to the line was so long. I'm like, I couldn't either. even yeah. get in there. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was wonderful. And you have so many people that support you. And I think it's beautiful that you're able to be yourself and feel so loved by all these people that really truly care about you. Mm-hmm. And so congratulations on the big, what a huge like accomplishment. And um, it's really a piece of art to me and um, your gift. You know, and so we'll see more of Doug. I'm sure that you'll be doing some other big things, staying true to yourself. Stay tuned. I've surrendered Stay to the tuned. flow. We'll see yeah. what happens me. Yeah, there's no five-year plan, guys. It's no just it's just whatever comes up for Doug yep. and he shows up. So thanks for being with us today. Any, any uh, last thoughts for the audience? Self-love is a superpower. I love it. So go and love yourself some more. Go love people some more. And we will see you next time, everyone. Thanks, Nudia. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nudia's Mastermind. It's an absolute pleasure of mine to be able to share the space with you. There is something so powerful about brilliant minds coming together to help other people grow and to inspire them to enjoy the zest for life. Please subscribe and also follow me on YouTube and on Instagram. My handle is nudia.p.rivera. Now go and create an amazing life.